what is one of the most memorable moments of your life? Real Talk with Star Scorpio. So my guest today was a house guest on Big Brother Canada 11. He quickly became one of my favorite guests because of his infectious positivity, willingness to embrace vulnerability, captivating entertainment, and inspiring real-life endeavors. Hope, welcome to Real Talk with Star Scorpio. How are you doing today? What are you, baby? <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up? Yes, sir. Thank you for coming out doing this today. Thank you for having me. Thank mm -hmm. you for having me, man. All right. So, Hope, on Real Talk, we like to build a timeline. So, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Ghana, Kumase. I uh, moved to Canada when I was 10, turning 11. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just a big culture shock, you know. I was in, I was born in Canada, just in Africa. That's it. Okay. And did you, ha you have siblings? Yeah, I got a little brother. Uh, he's 13 years old. His name's Gordon. I got a little sister. She just turned 19. Her name is Paulette. Okay. Thanks for sharing that because I didn't know. And then I always age people on the show. You're young and a one, young ones. Um, I think <laughs> my past interview has been pretty young people. So how old are you? How old are you? Uh, 23 right now. Um, I was one of the youngest um, house guests, you know. So um, when I first got on the show, I told everybody I was 28 because – after everybody's age, I'm like, ain't no way I'm about to be the youngest. Ain't no way. <laughs> I'm 23. And yeah, man. Okay. So we're going to get into the, the, the big brother questions later. Okay. Now, now, so school. So you came here at 13, you said, right? 13? Uh, 11. Oh, sorry. So you came here at 11. But so you went to school, public school in Ghana, yeah, right? So in Ghana, um, yeah, I went to school in Ghana, but then when I moved there, I went to St. Teresa in Etobicoke, near Lakeshore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my father and mom worked really hard, and they got us out of the neighborhood, mm -hmm. Long Street. Um, and we came to Milton. So in Milton, I really got to establish myself. And it was a big, like, it was a big change, for, especially from Etobicoke. Mm -hmm. And we got to stand out. You know, this is where I, a lot of my personalities, uh, a lot of my uh, confidence came from, because I was around... You know, people that you know, I got to be one of one. You know, yeah. but when I was in Cook, I was just like everybody else. If that makes sense. But when I moved to Milton, I was the I was just one of one. I was unique, and people just gravitated towards me. So this is where this, you know, never quit and never give up attitude came from. You mm -hmm. know, yeah, you have that personality. It's, I'm telling you, it's infectious, man. But um, you how tall are you? Oh my gosh, I'm like. Six three, you know, six three. <laughs> so you're up there, but were you a late bloomer? I like to ask people, um, that are like around that height. Yeah. Um, I interviewed Chris Staples, basketball player. Oh no, professional yeah. dunker, and then he's six two, but he said he was a late bloomer. And then yes, I asked I'm one of my other guests, were you a late bloomer or did you? I was in high school all the way till about grade twelve. I was like. I was like 5'10". I'm like, God, bro, why am I not growing, bro? But why would I finish with so I don't know what happened. Boom, 6'1", 6'2". Yeah. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And that height helps out with ball. So did you play ball in high school? Brother, I played every sport. Um, mm -hmm. To be honest with you, I started playing basketball very late, and that's probably like 
one of like the biggest that, that's probably the best that ever happens because I know if I start playing basketball early, yeah. my whole life would change. But I started playing basketball late and I was just a like an athlete, you know. Um I did cross country, so I, was, I had endurance. Um I did volleyball, football, mm-hmm. badminton, track. Oh I was all over the place, but for basketball, I was just the guy that just I was a berserker on the court. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if the guys dropping 20 points, put hope on them. Stop him from, don't even let him touch them. I was just the guy that just rebound. I'll get a triple-double now. I wouldn't even score a point. I'll get steals, <laughs> rebounds, and a like it's That's how crazy it was. I was just the guy that just supported the team. Like, I was just like a role player, and I just stuck to my role. Yeah, you need that. That that You need that in the team, man. So you were that, yes, you were that, you were that guy then. But tell me something. Were you a dunker or a shooter? Brother, I could not shoot to save my life, man. So I was looking <laughs> at hey, I was just dunking, but that's it. So I started dunking around um right at the end of grade 10. Yeah. So grade 11, um, I would just full court press whoever was on me, whoever right. I was guarding. And I was not even trying to defend them. I'm trying to take the ball because I knew there was a lot of girls in the stands. So I'm trying to get them. Yeah, so yeah. Like, hey, baby, what's up? It's for you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's sports now. What about like academics now, what what subjects did you like and you what did you excel in? To be honest with you, I excel very well at math. You know, um, when it came to repetition, as long as I practice something over and over and with math, if you do it over and over, you get it, you know. But when it came to like physics, chemistry, oh yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's move on. Next question. Next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I gotta tell you, I didn't I did not like science and math when I was younger. So I grew up in Toronto. And we had something called OACs. Don't ask me what it stands for. I can't remember. Ontario <laughs> Academic Subject, right? So after yeah. grade 12, you had to take your OACs, grade, grade 13. And it was six of them you had to get if you want to go to university. Yeah. I took um, algebra, chemistry, all those courses in science and math. And I dropped out of every one except English, OAC English and OAC gym, of course. But oh, um, that's why I went to college. I'm like, I I wasn't fit for the academics back then, but I excelled in college, though. That's you. Okay. Now, um, before we talk about Big Brother, I have a couple more questions. Awesome. Um, the, what did you, because you're young, so, but what did you have in mind for a career? Like, when you were like 15, 16, some people start thinking about what they want to do for the rest of their lives, even if they didn't go to college or university yet. But yeah. did you have an idea of what you wanted to do? Um, so 15, 16, um, my mom and dad were kind of like pressing me a little bit because, you know, all my other friends and peers kind of had a an idea of where they were going to take your life, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, so, but at the time I had a lot of energy and a lot of, um, just a lot of personality and like every time I was in school, in class, every time I'd like be myself, teachers would tell me, ah, calm down, ah, you're doing too much, ah. So I realized that, like, in life, the workforce is not going to be, I have to figure out something, I can be me. So mm-hmm. when I picked up personal training, I picked up, um, you know, working with kids, and that's not going to truly be me, because, like, at a young age, I got to connect with kids on a, on a level that I wouldn't be able to do right now at this age. So I picked up um, working with little kids, mm-hmm. started my own business, uh, Hope Fitness, and I've been going crazy with that ever since. So I grew that at the age of 16. And now, like, all my camps are sold out. And mm-hmm. because of that, I wanted to be a personal trainer. I wanted to just be, um, to be honest, I didn't want to be a person. I wanted to just be, like, just a beacon of hope. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. to inspire, to motivate, 
kids that you don't need to go to school. You can you can be you and figure something out, you know, because you you're one of one, like I said. Mm-hmm. So you, you be unique and just live life. That's it. I, so yeah. Dude, that this is why I have you on, man. You inspired oh, me. After I saw you on Big Brother and then I saw your Instagram, I was like, yo, this guy is doing amazing things. And especially when it involves kids and inspiring kids for the future and teaching them and learning them. I, I, I like to see that. And I'm going to ask you about Hope Fitness um, after some Big Brother question, but I'm glad you led into that. But what the last question I want to ask before we start talking about Big Brother is the dancing. You did a lot of dancing Ooh. on BB Can. So when did that start? Did it always come natural to you? Like back home when you were little too, or did it start here? Brother, dancing is just rhythm, man. People just overthink it. You know, when I hear me, I'm like, hey, hey. You know, I, just, I didn't do no lessons. I just hear me and I just, you know, I just, rah. You know, I just go crazy. So I didn't, I've been doing it my whole life. And in Ghana, everything was just always like rhythm. Just you're always tapping it, always music and roses on beat. So I just, I just go with the flow and that's yeah. it. Yes, nice. And speaking of Ghana, I, I have a few um, friends from Ghana um that you should tell me things about back home have you been back home since i guess i have yeah. so my grandma passed away r.i.p um mm-hmm. i went back home at 16 and that's actually believe it or not when i picked up the passion to truly work with kids because when i went back home um i got a chance to talk to the kids um like eight different schools about the difference between the Kenyan system and the Ghana system. and there was a common interest for basketball so i'm mm-hmm. like yo Let's go play ball, you know? So um, every single school I went to, I started like a little mini camp in Ghana. Mm-hmm. It was just one often. It was supposed to be like maybe 10 kids. Brother, over 80 kids showed up. And, you know, we had a great turnout. I was 16 at the time and I led my first basketball camp. And I realized, yo, I'm actually good at this. Holy. Yeah. Think that's a little Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And the course that we're playing on was really bad. So I'm like, you know what? Every day in every little way, I'm going to work towards bringing value to myself so then I can make a difference here. You know, the, the bigger and better I get, the more difference I can make. So, yeah, so I decided, like, when I come back to Canada, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best I can be. So then I can unconsciously give the kids back home permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. So I came back, started Hope Fitness, generated a shit ton of uh, revenue, and built my first basketball court back in um, Africa and called it Project Hope because Hope Fitness, Project Hope, duh. Yeah. Yeah, th- yo, that's another question I'm gonna ask you. Back in, the- I like I like how you're leading into it because when I ask it later on, you already oh. touched on it. But um, that's one thing I just want to mention too. So the people listening and watching, like everyone knows, on Star Scorpio, I donate to a charity. Yo. But I also, like I told you in the message, I want to donate to a charity of your choice oh. too. So at the end, let me know how to find oh. it and everything, and I'll donate to that. Oh. All right. Oh. Yes, Project Hope. Okay, now, before we get into it, I want to ask you this would-you-rather question. I think this is the perfect time, man, because you led into this stuff. Okay. Would you rather Uh visit your younger self and give them advice for the future, or would you rather visit your older self and have your older self give give you advice for what's going on right now? Why you gotta do me like that, bro? <laughs> Damn. Damn. I would, I would, 
I would go to my older self to get advice for now, but then I miss out on a lot of like opportunities and a lot of like, you know, things that life has to offer, you know, so I think I'll go the other way. I'll go back and I'll tell younger me to experience as much as I can in life because, you know, it's about the little detours in life. It's about the little, every experience I've gone through has made me the person I am today. So if I went in the future and I cheated all that, I would not be, I would not enjoy life if that makes sense. So I'd go back and tell younger me that, yo, chase as many opportunities as you can. And if you fail, it's okay. Just keep going. So I'd go back, tell younger me that, yo, keep your head up and just keep working. That's it. I'm not telling nothing else. Just keep working and keep pushing. So I'd go back in time. Hope, oh, man. I'm telling you, man. Nice. Ah, I, ah, I, I, I like to hear the responses. I've asked a lot of people this question and they vary, you know? I, li I like what you said. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. Now, this question is kind of, it's part of the last question. But I'm going to ask you four things. So this is to do with your younger self. What would you tell your younger self about money? I'll tell them that you know money is um money is definitely something that is it's a need, it's a necessary, you know, to get rid of um just kind of deal with your responsibilities and stuff like that, but it's not end all be all. You know, money doesn't get you happiness, it um it gives you options if that makes sense. Um you know, what you're doing and, you know, the value that you provide people around you and the inspiration that you provide, you know, the younger generation is far more important than any money that you make. So I'll tell them, yeah, keep exploring your options, keep pushing, because the more that you do it, the better you do, the the more you shed light on, you know, other people just try to be like you because, you know, like money, like I said, it just buys you options, it doesn't buy you happiness. And that's definitely what I'll tell younger, younger me. Sweet, man. Man, I wish. Are you sure you're 23? Yeah, I think you're 28, man. Yeah. I, I, I talk to a lot of people, man. I talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Nice. Okay. What would you tell your younger self about family? Um, younger me, um, when we first moved here, I didn't think my parents really cared a lot about. It. I didn't think my family cared about me because, um, I saw a lot of kids were like having all these um all these materialistic things that I thought because my parents didn't get me, they didn't love me. But I'll tell younger me that like, your parents sacrificed everything to bring you here. You know, my dad worked all the way through his, you know, his 20s and 30s, 40s, just to, you know, provide a foundation for us and to look at the, look at the opportunity that he's giving you, not the materialistic things that he can give you up because he had to make a lot of sacrifices, a lot of savings. And my mom had to work very hard. So just because they weren't there in the present time, didn't mean that they weren't there, you know, mm -hmm. at all, if that makes sense. So family is all that matters to me. And being in the house, big brother house, for almost 85, 86 days without family, brother, I'm telling you, nothing close with family. So yeah. family, all that matters. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. Next one. What would you tell your younger self about friends? Oh, friends. Friends are everything. You know, the type of friends is that you have is everything. You know, so be friends with people that lift you up when you're down. Be friends with people that that will tell you that, yo, you're in the wrong, first of all. They're not just going to kiss kiss up to you, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. All you need is one or two good people in your life and... That's all that matters. 
preach. Last one. What would you tell your younger self about love? Oh, I knew this was coming. <laughs> I kid you not. When you have love, it's like you have a superpower. I'm so happy that when I was in the Big Brother house, I had a relation, like I had a girlfriend because I don't know I would have done in that house if I didn't know that I had someone waiting for me. You know what I mean? Because I always had something to look forward to. Um, but I definitely didn't do a lot of stupid stuff on TV. I- <laughs> No, it's not television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but love, love, love is so powerful because I think at a young age we think love is like you know the the romantic movies on the Disney shows and everything, but like you know, love is love is very hard. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm. It's uh, it's a lot of struggling, and you know, in this world we can easily, in this time, you know, we feel love a little bit, and once things get difficult, we just say. Eh. Time to move on, you know, we got all these apps and everything, but like, you know, love, once you find love, you know, just don't let go. Yeah. Because the things that you, you build a foundation and you guys get to connect on a deeper level mm-hmm. that I don't think you're ever going to connect with anybody else. And I know that I'm in love right now. I'll tell you that right now. Nice. I think the people want to hear that. Yeah. I'm in love yeah. with Chris. That's it. <laughs> Powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Good. You got okay. through those questions, man. Now, Big Brother Canada, how did you mentally prepare now? Because oh, I, I asked Tyshawn this, I asked Tara, I asked Kevin, and it's oh. it seems all the same kind of thing. But how did you mentally prepare? I was cocky as hell. <laughs> I was like, bro, all I got to do is come to the show, lie to everybody, and just <laughs> run, make it to the end and get 100000 But it's nothing like I expected. Yeah. We came into the house and these are strangers I've never met in my life. People that I never, these are not the type of people I connect with first of all. These are not my regular friend people. If right. you look at the members of the crown, Anika, Bangladesh, I've never talked to anybody from Bangladesh. Yeah. Who's from Zimbabwe? I don't talk to Zimbabwe because <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jonathan from Newfoundland, brother, we're, when are we going to, you know, be friends with the Newfie? You know what I'm going to say? Right. And uh, Daniel C., you know, um, in this world, you know, we're both on like two different sides and everything. We would never connect the way that we connect in the house. So I didn't even expect any. I didn't expect to get so attached to all these people. I thought I was gonna come in there, lie, manipulate, deceive. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. what you want to bring them home? Yeah, let's do it. What I got you for life, bestie. <laughs> <laughs> but brother, you get into that house, and that house becomes your reality. Right. You know, you feel like nothing else outside of the house matters. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I'm saying, like, you know, just having my girl and everything just gave me little constant reminders of, yo, you had a life before this, mm-hmm. you can have a life after this. So you can easily get lost in the sauce when you're in the show. Yeah. So going back to connections, though, um, who did you connect with right away, like, as soon as you met know. them in the house? Because I got to tell you, I appreciate it, it gets me emotional when I see you and Jonathan together. Oh, I'm like, wow, I really like that connection, <laughs> man. But let me know. Oh, my God. We're gonna, nah, we're not going to crown the show, bro. Listen, so the first ones I really connect. I want you to have a guess. Who do you think is the first one I really connect with? Just give me a guess. I thought it might be Ty. No. Uh, we, 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 I'm not going to lie to you. And we'll get into all that good stuff later on because I feel like there's a lot of things I want to get off my chest that I feel like a lot of people don't know. Okay. But um, I connected with Rob first of all because we got to do the first 
HOH comp together. Yes. And right after we connected and we talked about everything and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, I got you if you got me. So when he got back, dude, I'm not gonna lie, mm -hmm. I was hurt, but I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, review that like, yo, I was more loyal to him than to Zach and Ty. Because remember, I'm in the game for me too. You know, what I'm to say? so right when I heard that he was gonna get back, dude, I had to act like I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And believe it or not, me and Jonathan mm -hmm. did not like each other in the beginning at all. Oh, wow. We fought because, remember, my energy to him is disrespectful. Mm -hmm. In New like no, he never let anybody like me. That just starts, I started dancing every time that he's around. So he thought, he thought that I was trying to intimidate him, trying to, you know, big up him, you know. Yeah. So it took almost up until... John Michael went home. No, right before Rock got backdoored. Okay. Right before my POV. Uh, no, that was not my POV win. Before um, Zach won the POV for the Flip Sonic. Before, you remember, oh. he took it off. Yeah. It took almost three days before that POV challenge. Mm -hmm. Me and Jonathan sat down. We talked and told me, yo, like, what's going on? Like, I feel like, you know, you don't like me. What did I do? You know, I want to work with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, first of all, brother, I want you to know I love you. And I'm like, what am I doing to kind of like, you know, upset you? And he said, yo, like, you know, you're always around me. You always come to me and you, you bump your chest on me or, you know, you come in and you just pat me in the back. Like, I don't appreciate it. I'm like, bro, that's love. I'm showing you love. Like, I'm okay. I'm going to tell you that like, you're my brother. And if I'm opening up to you like that, that's me welcoming you. He's like, you need to take it like that. I'm like, you know what? I'm not 28 years old, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm actually 28. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the first person I told that I was 23, he said, wait, what? You're 23? Bro, what? What? And right after that, after Rob left, mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, Rob was kind of talk blocking our relationship a little bit. But yeah. after he left, <laughs> yeah. you know, that one guy that gets in between you and like a girl they try to talk to? Yeah, yeah. That was hard for me and Jonathan. So after he left, <laughs> boom, me and Jonathan became like, you know, so that's kind of what I put everything. Okay. So first of all, thanks for sharing this insight. <laughs> Because, first of all, I watched the show. I'm getting older, so I forget names and I forget what happened. But I used to watch things religiously, like, every week. Now I'm watching it on the PVR with my daughter. Because I got to wait for my daughter to come home because she's in Guelph. Um, and then we watched together with her boyfriend and everything. And I, I got to get to that letter and the blow up and all that stuff. But, but I'm glad you... um you um outlined that for me. Because I didn't know. I really liked Rob. And I, I really didn't like how he got screwed, man. He he got messed up with that back door. It was supposed to be Zach, Rob, Ty. Um, wait, sorry. Zach, Ty, Rob, Jonathan, and me. We were yeah. supposed to be, you know, the we, we would have, I kid you not, if we stuck together, we would have, bro, that house would have been ours. Like, mm -hmm. we would have controlled the whole house. But, you know, um... Zach and Ty kind of saw Rob's potential and they knew that like he had more pull on the whole house than yeah. both of them together ever did. So yeah. when they decided to take him out, they're like, yo, let's do it. Let's make a move. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I know in the game you gotta do those things, but it hurts sometimes when you like a player and and then they get screwed like that, man. Even like with you, right? With your exit, like these things bother me, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, because I'm we'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm pushing for some people. But um, one thing, though, the girls in the show are powerful. My daughter actually bumped into Renee and Claudia downtown, and I'm trying to get Claudia on the show. But um, she was a beast 
near the end of the show, you know what I mean? But during the show, I'm like trying to figure out who's the strong ones on the on the girl side and the, the guy side. But what was your take on the girls in the house, the women in the house? I will be honest with you. Um, the guys just took out each other. You know, we saw each other as threats and we were not worried about the girls at all. Mm-hmm. You know, we, from week one to about week six, no one was thinking about Shania. No one was thinking about Claudia. Mm-hmm. No one was thinking about Renee. Renee was supposed to be the, you know, just put her up. So, you know, they played, I want to say they played a really good social game, but like, no one was worried about them, man. We were worried about John Michael. We are worried about Santina. We were worried about Rob. And Vanessa was just flipping the whole house upside down. So we we had to send her home at some yeah. point. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then Zach, Ty, me, mm-hmm. there were so many big players in the game that, like, the girls, the girly pop, like, no one thought about them. You know, like I said, I told Claudia and Shania this every single day. Every time, I mean, I, was, I you guys don't, I don't pick up on my radar. You guys be talking in the corner or game planning, and it would mean nothing to me. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, like no one really saw them as like you know big threats at the beginning. It's like if the guys stuck together, mm-hmm. we would have knocked off every single person one at a time. But we started taking on like, each other. Believe it or not, the guys were the only first people to get evicted. The first few that got evicted was Santina because all the, the two girls self evicted. So yeah. it was. It was crazy, man. It was yeah. great. I got to tell you, I like Santina, too. I was pushing for her, too. Oh, I try to save her over and over, but, you know, Kuzi, by far, is the strongest female player on the show, and I kid you not. She, so he was he was the one that was playing the game, and she was actually putting her neck out, doing the things she needed to do, you know what I mean? So when it came to that question, Kuzi is definitely one of the strongest players, and Santina, okay. and then after that, everybody else. Mm-hmm. But... What was I going to say? But yeah, just girls, yeah, they we're not worried about them. The guys are so worried about, you know, one each guy's trying to one-up each other that mm-hmm. we said, let's pick on each other first yeah. and then worry about the girls later. <laughs> so that's kind of like what went on with that. Okay. And now, just a timeline here. So you're you're in the house, you meet the people, you told me about Jonathan and not connecting with him first. You're with Rob. Yeah. Girls aren't really a threat, you said. But um. As the as the weeks go on, you start to build those connections, right. those real friendships. Because, like you said, like this is this is your family too in the house for those days that you're in there. So all yeah. the emotions kick in and all that all that stuff. Yeah. How yeah. easy it was for you to trust people. Um, I put all my faith and trust into the crowd, even until the very end. Um. So, like, for me to say I have trust issues and everything like that, I knew that the system that I had, because I, I, at one point in the show, I had a whole army. You know, it's just like I fumbled the bag, and I was in – I was so cocky. I got so <laughs> – like, I'm like, I could put myself up, and I could put myself up. Like, I'm I'm him. You know what I mean? I got so cocky. <laughs> like, yo, even if I don't win, mm-hmm. I'm good. You know, but I never saw – a reality or, or an alternate, you know, possibility where Jonathan would go up. Mm-hmm. That never occurred to me. So um, the, my trust was fully in the crowd and no one, like, no one, like, you know, took my trust and just root, because I knew that, like, these are the only people I trust. 
And whenever the, a, a crown member went out, it was next to another crown member. It never was it, oh, a crown member back door. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So if you look at it, me and John were the first few crown members up. Okay. John and then it was me and Kuzi. Then I went home. You know what yeah. I'm trying to say? So yeah. trust for me was very easy now because it was in the right people. So mm-hmm. that's my yeah. Yeah. So now um you did you put yourself up. I remember it's hard for me to remember again. It was months no. ago, but I remember the first time you volunteered to go on the block, right? So again, was that the strategy? Was that strategy because you said you were so cocky at the time, or what? What do you think that was, man? Were you, were you safe? You believed you were safe. So for me, um, in the house, remember what people see is what they're gonna go off of, and. You know, I knew that, like, every time I had my shirt off or if I was just working out, people look at me and be like, yo, he's got to go. You know what yeah. I mean? I tell Even in the first the first week, I knew that, like, I would have last past week four mm-hmm. if I got this whole, like, you know, this big dominant guy that's just working out, you know, so always coming close in comps. Mm-hmm. I knew I would have last long. So I'm like, you know what? I need to change the narrative of what people think of me. It's up to other people that like, you know, I'm just here, big brother. Let me tell people like, yo, I don't want to be here, bro. Like, I, I'm just here for, for the shits and giggles. So that's why, I, that's the first, um, that was the first phase of the plan. Tell people that, yo, I don't want to be here. You know, I want to go home. I'm bored. Like, I want some drama. And then I'll ride that wave all the way to the end. And then if I get to top five, top two, I'll be like, yo, let's just get to top three, bro. Not just self-evict, you know, like, just. That's that was my game plan. And mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just you know I just put myself on the block and you guys can send me home. And believe it or not, people actually believe that I want like I wanted to go home. Bro, yeah. what? <laughs> I told I told Dan that yo, put me up. Yo, put me up, bro. Put me up, man. Like, I want to go home. Put me up. And he's like, what? You okay, bro? I'm like, bro, you gullible. What are you doing? And then with Kuzi. When Vanessa self-evicted and like she she needed a replacement, mm-hmm. I went into the room trying to tell her, yo, put me up. But then she's like, this is the move. I'm like, yo, let's do it. Yeah, 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 let's do it. Yeah. So I need people to truly believe that like I didn't want to be there. And to take it to another step, put myself in a place where nobody would dare put themselves. Not once, not twice, but three times on Ty's HOH2. Yeah. Just to show people like, yo, like, this guy really doesn't care about the show. So he doesn't want to win. So let's not worry about him. You know, I'm kind of putting myself in that same mind frame as the girls where people are like, he's not really a threat. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not trying to win the show. So let me take him as far as I can. And when I'm ready for him to leave, he'll leave. And believe it or not, it worked. Yeah. Because people like me, if I don't, like, I didn't, if I didn't have a good social game, I'm meant to leave the first couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie to you. You know what I mean? Right after the I would have been following next if I didn't do the things that I did. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay, cool, man. Um, wh- how would you describe your relationship with Ty, man? Because I've seen what I've seen on TV, but there's a lot of editing and things like that. But how would you describe it? Believe it or not, if you asked me this question, if we had done this podcast <clears throat> two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I would have been like, skip the question. I would have been like, yo, I don't want to answer. Because I had a very, very strong opinion on Ty. But, um, you know, with time, you heal. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. The first couple of weeks, me, you're right. You called it. Ty was one of the people that I was very close with, and I'm glad you mentioned that. 
I looked up to him as like a brother, not gonna lie to you, because you know he was 23. He um he reminded me of my uncle, you know, being in the military and everything, just the way he took care of himself. This guy literally folds napkins before he eats, says a whole prayer, and brings the whole jug of water, and he takes off his shirt. That's how my uncle moves over to. I'm like, I'm like, bro, this guy is guys are all like it's a guy for real, you know, trying to be like him. And so I looked up to him a lot. And the reason why I wanted to take out Zach is because just like I said, I felt like Zach was in the way of me and Ty connecting. So I wanted to like, you know what, let me get rid of Zach so then me and Ty can truly take this all the way. Because, you know, me and him were like the only two like black people in the show mm. or from Toronto. So how much more would it mean to not just us, but to the city mm. if both of us made it all the way? So I'm like, you know what? Plan of action, get rid of Zach is when I get the opportunity. So when Kuzi presented the opportunity, yeah. Do yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to take myself off and we're going to send Zach over. But they took it as me trying to like manipulate them and disrespect them. So it was it was bigger than that. But and because of that, I probably lost Ty's trust. And I lost his trust too. And we just could not work to get a move for it. But Ty, he's definitely um he's definitely a brother. I, I'll tell you that. He's a brother. Yeah, yeah. But this, yeah. the situation and the outcome was just bad timing. You know, it's bad place, bad time. You know, just not right time. Was it right time? Bad time? What was it? What's, what's the saying? Wrong place, wrong time. Something like that. <laughs> right place, wrong time, maybe. Something like that. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that and giving that insight too, man. Because, you know, we saw one thing on the TV and I could feel, I could feel the tension too. But, um... Oh. Yeah, but I was actually rooting for Ty after everyone was gone. I always root for the player that everyone wants out at the end. It didn't matter if I didn't like them in the beginning, but when people are ganging up and like, I'm like, yo, I want this person to take it now. But anyway, thanks for sharing that. Now, listen, we don't have to touch on it in a long time, but the letter now. Um, I kind of laughed. We were laughing at the house when Zach said, You got an advantage, and we're like, advantage. <laughs> so in my head, I was like, this guy. My girl put a letter in a sock because she knew that I miss her like crazy. You know, she knows that I love reassurance. She knows that she knows how much I love her and how much I need her. And she knew the timeline. And I told her, I'm going to be okay, babe. 80 days, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. But, so what happened was that there was um, the show Claire Nike, you know, uh, writing to Warren Grant. I was like, you know what? Hope you're allowed to wear Nike so you can get your Nike stuff in. So then they got my girl. To come drop off my last um I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this or not, but she had to drop off the last batch of my clothes mm-hmm. and stuck a letter in a sock. And it was, I think it was when around when John Michael's about to leave, I was, you know, doing my laundry and I was putting some of the socks back and I grabbed the sock and I'm like, whoa, Ooh, something in here. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a lot of cameras around and everything like that. So I put the sock under my pillow. So when it's bedtime, I'd read it. Okay. So when I grabbed the, when it was around bedtime and everything, I grabbed the sock, I took the letter out, and I saw a heart. Like, why were you? Because, like, she folded it so many times, I saw a heart. And instantly, brother, I started crying. This was day, around day six, and I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I completely forgot that I had a life before the show. Wow. I completely forgot that, you know, I have a whole family waiting for me and, when I saw that heart, as the flashbacks of all the amazing and wonderful things that's waiting for me at the end of the show. 
So at this point, I can do whatever the hell I want. And I know that no matter what happens, the people that I love are going to support me. So I opened the letter, the mm -hmm. first letter, and the first thing I said was, Dear Hope. I'm literally, I remember this because I, this, this, my everything is like, yo, I love you so much. Your whole family's watching and we support you 100%. Remember, be you. I love you so much. Bro. Mm, mm, mm. I saw the, that's all the letter said. Right. That was, and I'm not going to lie to you, that night I cried. I cried and I went straight to bed, woke up the next day and I felt, I felt good. You know, so for them to say like the letter gave me an advantage, I understand why they'd say that, but there was nothing in the letter that gave me any like, like an upper hand, if that makes sense. Like a, I get it, yeah. You know, but you know, I understand. But, you know, their backs were against the wall. They didn't, they didn't want to go home. They were fighting for their right to stay, and I get that. Mm -hmm. You know, I showed them the letter because at the time they were the closest people to me. You know, with Ty, I showed them the letter because I wanted that to be an olive branch. Like, yo, yeah, like, bro, like, I love you for real. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. And with Zach, I showed him the letter because we were arguing about whose girlfriend was better. His girlfriend, hell no, nah, my girlfriend's better. He's like, nah, my girlfriend's accomplished all these amazing things and everything like that. And I'm like, bro, my girlfriend's so amazing. She's not gonna let her in a place where no less allowed to be in, you know. And yeah, I showed him that to kind of one up him and to also show him that, like, at the time I trusted him too. Mm -hmm. But I knew at some point I was gonna have to get rid of him. So, but when the opportunity presented itself, I didn't even think twice, like, oh, he'd use the letter against me because I didn't think that was even like a, yeah, you know what I mean? So. But it is what it is. What it is, yeah. I think it turned out the way it's supposed to turn out. That was good. That was good. And Zach self evicted. Um, and I, I'm, I gotta say, I'm glad Ty didn't do that though, man, because he shouldn't have followed along with with Zach. Believe it or not, if he self evicted, I think I probably won the whole show. Mm, like I'm, I'm telling yeah, you, I'm not gonna be cocky, but yeah, I think we won the whole thing. Man, yo, so I gotta ask you something okay. after when we talk about post BB, but um, I think this is a good time to ask you. So my friend Nadine in Niagara Falls, like I tell you, we have a lot of people that like you on my side, right? And um, Nadine's daughter wanted to ask you something. What's up? So she said, um, your positivity is a big part of why she loved you so much and that smile. And now... Did you feel there were any effects of being in the house on your mental health or attitude? You have such a positive attitude, but did you feel that being there had a big impact on your positive positivity or was it more of a motivator? So that natural instinct you have to be a positive person, how did that make you feel? Get down or is it more motivator? You know, with the, I didn't believe in mental health and, you know, any of that stuff until I went into that house. Mm -hmm. but I think this is probably, I haven't been on any of the reality shows, but this is this one of those reality shows that everything they say is real. We, we don't have any TV, we don't have any escape, we don't have nothing. All we have is each other. And for me, like, you know, with that whole positivity and everything, believe it or not, it's draining. You know, it's very, to always be out here going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit is draining. And you know, um, the first day, you know, I, I I I had so much energy going on that like I thought I could keep it up every day. 
I've been too. I crashed. You know, I was dead. My social energy battery was dead, and I didn't think it was popping. Bro, what? What's going on? it was it was very discouraging because I'm like yo like this is not who I am and like what's going on like am I even a real is, is that who I really am so I got a chance to really kind of learn a lot about myself you know in terms of like you know what drives me what makes me tick what makes me mad what makes me me you know and I learned that I, I'm who I am because of the people I'm around because of my because of my family so the whole experience was more of like a these are this is the stuff that you don't want to show people you know i'm a very emotional guy I'm, i wear my heart on my sleeve and yeah. <laughs> I, I i cry you know and i the show just kind of dissected and showed me who revealed to me who i really am you know yeah. what my purpose is and more than ever now i know that my purpose is to motivate to inspire people around the world to be more than they are so the positivity thing and everything like that mm. that is me that is 100% me yeah. oh, i don't think that shit just comes out naturally. Mm. Yo, hope man. Yo, <laughs> oh man. You. Yeah. You, I, 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 yo, I love this guy, man. Um, oh, stop it, man. Telling you. Stop it. Oh man. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's. I guess it's a lot of self-reflecting, and and you get to learn about yourself in that situation, as hard as it may be inside. Because you're cut off from everything when you get out. You know, I guess some people have to go through decompression, whatever you call it, man. And then at the end, it's going to be a brighter, brighter light. It's the way you way you um use it, this opportunity. Okay, I have a question about competitions. Because in the show, you were saying how you want to win one. You want to win one and everything. You know which one I was rooting for? You were holding on with Ty, man. And I was like... He's got this, man. He's got this. What happened? How long was it? Do you remember how long? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you like you go to bed and you have a nightmare, right? Yeah. You, go, you know, till this day, I'm still having nightmares over there. <laughs> oh, so I think it was like three nights ago. Um, I was asleep, and that was my dream, holding on. And right when I dropped. Ty comes for me and says, ball game. And I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And my girl said, what's wrong? I'm like, <laughs> he said, ball game. And like, and that was not the first, I was like, that was not the last thing because I had it before. Like after, even after the top, the very night after the top, I hung on for five hours, brother. And then an extra, um, 20 minutes with the one hand with me. Yeah. It was when I finished, the bruises on my arms, everything was, I was done. Remember, Ty, like, Ty is 5'7, five, 5'8 five, five, ish, mm -hmm. and he weighs like 80 pounds. I'm 6'3, I'm 215. So, like, I already knew that the odds were not in my favor. Yeah. But really, I was struggling after just 20 minutes of hold on with two hands. So, just to keep myself going, I had to distract everybody else and put on this poker face. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I was doing magic mic at one point. I was just, <laughs> I don't know if they showed all that in the show or not, but no, I was just, so I was just doing like, uh, I was just doing the most just to like, you know, um, keep people guessing like, yo, this guy's killing my brother. I was struggling. So we hung out for two hours. 
I'm not two hours, five hours with two hands. You can switch back and forth. And for me, my strategy was to use every joint in my body. Uh, I would go one minute with my wrist, mm-hmm. one minute with my forearms. And I kept on rotating through that. All I had to do, and all I was doing is keep count every second. And in my head, I was just singing, I like to cha-cha. Yeah. I like to cha-cha. <laughs> no, just, oh, yeah. I like to cha-cha. Yeah. Then switch. I like to cha-cha. And I kept on doing that over and bro. The, the, the challenge guys on Big Brother, um, comes on and tells us, yo, you guys have been hanging on for five hours. Mm-hmm. So it's time to switch to one arm. And by the time it was me, Claudia, and Ty. Right. I'm looking at Claudia, Brody. She's chilling. Yeah. I won't playing with the she was just going like this. <laughs> and I'm in the thing going like, like yo, my forms is dead. Because I know yeah. she's like hundred pounds, one ten, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And she's like four eleven, five feet. So I know she's chilling. I look at Ty. Ball game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, yo, what the? <laughs> I'm not going to win this. And so mm-hmm. when you switch my arm, I was like, yo, Lord, please, like, just numb this. I know after this, I'm going to get to rest. You know, I was like, yo, I'm like, there's plenty of time to sleep when mm-hmm. I'm done. So hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm like, yo, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, forget about it. Just hang on. Hope it's okay for her. It's not like I'm going to get cut off. Wait, it took you off. Wait, I can't feel my arm. What's going on? Wait, wait. And I'm like, wait, wait, you're good. Hope oh, stop. You're tripping, you're tripping, you're tripping. And all I hear is Claudia fell. I'm like, okay, all right. One to go. Just beat tight. Look at Ty. Ball game. Ball game. <laughs> what is going on? This, this is going to get tired. What is happening here? Yeah. I Ball game. Ball game. And I'm like, all right. It's okay. You know what? He only told me before the con that, like, he's not going to put me up. You know, he wants, to, I don't know if you saw, but, like, we had a conversation before the comp, And he said, like, you know, I want us to wait together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, he's not going to put me up. I'm chilling. And, bro, if anything, I'll put myself up. I'm chilling. Yeah. And I'm going to let go. I'm like, wait, what the are you doing, brother? Yeah. Oh, so I pulled myself back up and my dumbass. Because I did that, all the nerves got spiked again. Yeah. And hurt even more. And then at this time, I was even looking at time. I didn't even look at him because remember, my pole was facing the other way. So right. he could see him, but I couldn't see him. Okay. So I'm like, oh, a good fight. Five hours. Um, hopefully, a lot of kids get inspired. That, like, you know, I thought mm-hmm. people my fight. You know, and I'm just, and I don't know where my body, it just kept out. Yeah. And I hit the pole and I started, I hit the floor and I started crying. Man. And everybody came up to me and told me, yo, I was about to let go. Wow. Jeez. Ty came up to me afterwards in the washroom. Again, I haven't watched the show just because I love myself too much mm-hmm. and it brings me PTSD. But Ty comes up into the washroom with me and he's like, yo, I know we haven't seen eye to eye in the past, everything like that, but like, yo, I want us to start working together now. Like, I, like, I don't have anybody in this game, so I, I want to have your back if you have my back. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, Fuck no. Yeah. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> you try to get me out of here with the letter stuff, you know what? I'm going to let you believe that we're good. But as soon as I get the opportunity, mm-hmm. I'm going to send you home. So I'm like, all right, bro. My God. My bad, bro. Yeah. And man, I'm like, yes, 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 <laughs> And, you know, I was, um, but that night I went to bed. I woke up because <laughs> I fell. And guess what Ty said? What do you say? Ball game. And I woke up like, <laughs> 
I think I know what you're talking about in the washroom. I think they showed that on TV, how he wants to work with you. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But then it showed you in the diary room. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, hell no. Like, fuck no. <laughs> okay. Now, I just want to know, because you work out. When did you start working out? Because I want to know. So a previous guest told me when I interviewed him on the podcast, you can't really prepare for the competitions because they have some weird competitions, right? But I still think you can kind of physically um, get ready. <laughs> These comps are not, they have nothing to do with physical. or Okay. All you have to do, believe it or not, is just believe that you're the guy, you're him. That's it. Yeah. At least like, be able to run 5K, I'd say at the most. That's it. You don't need to be the most physical dude or the strongest dude. No. The only reason why Taiwan everything is because he was a competitor. Right. Being competitive, have a, have, a, have a need to want to win. And that's it. That's all you need. So people ask me, how do I prepare for if I if I ever get a show? You don't need to prepare. All you have to do is just be competitive. Have a reason and a why to want to win. That's it. That's yeah. all you need. My dumbass put on 15 pounds of muscle. Like a jackass. Oh wow. Yeah. When I'm running, I feel heavy. Whenever I'm doing anything that's cardiovascular related, yeah. I can last a while. Mm -hmm. But like it's gonna be a mental struggle for me. You yeah. know, so yeah. Okay. Okay, now when you work out in your in your real life, um, did food affect you? Now let's talk about food for a minute, man. Where did you eat enough your protein and get that stuff in? So in you could yeah. So in the house, I lost 17 pounds while I was in the house. Ooh. So right now, I'm, you know, with it away and I'm, I'm a mortal now. I'm a, I'm a mere <laughs> before, before, um, you know, I was, uh, I was 215, 216 and I was shredded. You know, I was like, I went very hard for it, but now I'm like all the, you know, pain and blush, you know, all that work I put in is like all gone now. Mm -hmm. okay. so i lost everything but you know we'll get it back nice nice because you yeah you're you're consistent and you work out did you have to go on slot though never 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 no because they don't show that i i'm a big fan of america and canada and they used to show slop scenes all the time they don't really do that anymore though nah, this year they didn't even focus on slop at all yeah okay cameras now did you get used to the cameras? Because I remember when I interviewed Tara from season 10, she's like, she got season nine. She got so used to it where she said she bumped into one because I, I bumped to them all the time. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. What? I was um I was going for a walk with Renee, and then my head just hit the camera. The camera always the camera. Wee, wee, wee. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. After a while, you don't even notice them. I'm not like, because like I said, the house becomes your reality. Right. And you that you're even doing a show. You forget. But so, but, but you're still conscious though of so things you don't want to share, right? An example. Mm -hmm. This is where who you really are starts to show. During my fight with Zach and Ty, um, when Ty called me a clown, the famous yeah. clown said, I didn't even know that trended on six buzzing on no, but yeah, yeah. It got so heated um, that it took a camera moving for me to remember that like everybody's watching me. Wow. You know, you know, as, as as we are, we're always so quick to just stand on the ground and just prove that like 
you can't talk to me that way, or you can't, you know, and like it took a camera moving, you know, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. And it hit me to like, yo, hold on. What are you doing, bro? This is not who you are. Yeah. Like, your family's watching you. Your mm-hmm. your girl's family's watching you. Mm-hmm. Your parents and your friends and family and all the kids that look up to you and you motivate and preach to them. Yeah. They're watching you. So hope, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I got a board. So guess what I started doing? Mm-hmm. Start folding clothes. I started folding. <laughs> I started folding my sock. <laughs> so it took the cameras. Um, like I said, you're conscious, you're aware of it. But you're so quick to you can sometimes you can forget about it. you can go into like you know this state that you can just of who you really are mm-hmm. you know what I mean for the first week or something everybody's put on a fake persona but then week three week four that's when people start to show the nasty the the real them you know yeah. what I mean so but with me I knew what my mission was and it was like I said to inspire and to motivate mm-hmm. you know when I the crown when I was speaking my my native Tongue at one point when I was just, I wanted to just motivate and inspire. That was my purpose the whole show. Yeah. You know, to have a cause, stand for a cause, and sacrifice yourself for the cause. And that's what me and I did. Mm. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. The last, the last real question I want to ask you about sleep, man. So Kevin, when I interviewed Kevin, the winner of BB10, he cracked me up. I put that on the teaser for my podcast. Um, you should check it out one time. But he said, he said at home, he needs his eight hours, whatever, and sleep. You know what I mean? But it's like when you're in the house, if you're sleeping, you might be missing out on some scheming and alliances you know, and stuff. So how was that for you? Brother, I didn't give a damn. I'm, I kid you not, bro. I was not worried about nobody because I played the game so, I don't say so well, mm-hmm. but like my social game was so on point that I wasn't even worried about I wasn't worried about nobody. Not gonna lie to you. Yeah. Nobody, even on the week that I left, I was not even the target. Nobody wanted to target home. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wanted to get at the big black guy. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was sleeping. I wasn't worried. Mm-hmm. And plus, I had to crown people in my room. So, whoever the hell was scheming the other way, go ahead. Yeah. I got the numbers to say, regardless. I don't care. Yeah. You know that's kind of what was going on. So you slept fine then, you're saying. You didn't, you didn't have no trouble sleeping. <laughs> we couldn't take naps during the day, so I took sleep very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Okay. Now, did you know who was going to win? Like, when you saw Ty and uh, Claudia in the finals, in your head, did you know, before the votes and forget about the yeah. conversations, did you know, have an inkling of who was going to win the game? The moment that Kuzi came... To jury, I knew Ty was gonna win. Mm. I knew Ty was gonna win because I'm like he, he's literally like I said. All you have to do is be competitive, be competitive, and show people how determined you are in your drive. And if he didn't win an HOH, he had to win a POV. And if he didn't win a POV, he had to win an HOH. Right. And that's what. He so for me, it wasn't very impressive to me that he was winning back to back classes because there was no other competitive person there. Mm-hmm. Daniel C is not that competitive. Anika, not that competitive. I'm not trying to like diss them or anything like that, but when you take out all these big competitive players, all you have are people that are just there for the social game and to play. You know what I mean? So Ty can easily pull himself out of any situation. And again, like I said, if you didn't win HOH, mm-hmm. second chance to win POV. And usually if the HOH was something, you know, knowledge-based or 
or um, puzzle based, mm-hmm. the pupils would be something physical. And if it came to anything physical, I was winning it. I don't know if you saw the last um, POV before I left, the one that Ty beat me on, um, the the ball. Yeah, I remember that so, one. It was me and Ty were competing, and everybody else was just uh, at a play, like a fairground. Right. Everybody else was like, uh, a trial and error. Like, me and him were making, like, while everybody else was throwing their first. Yeah. I don't think we should even land the ball. You know what I'm trying to say? So, yeah. for me, like... It, it wasn't it wasn't crazy to me. So it needs to be competitive. That's it. Have a competitive, have a reason, have it be determined. You know, it's have this resiliency to just want to win. That's it. Just keep pushing. That's it. But a lot of people didn't have that on the show. And all the people that had that got taken care of already. So <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. All right. Now, life after Big Brother, though. So first of all, you meet you met Arissa going in the house. Then you spent all those days in the house. You sat on the stage with her. How's that feeling sitting on the stage, knowing you're out of that environment and then getting back to, well, just skip yeah. past the, the jury house, getting back to your real life. Like, how's that transition? Um, You know, Big Brother Canada is once a lifetime opportunity. I love myself so much. I'd never do that to myself ever again. Um, so when the game ended for me, I was happy. I was my my, sh- I always had these big boulders on my shoulder, and the moment that I got evicted, it just dropped. Like everything just, you know. Wow. And when you're in the house, I don't think people understand, but like, it is the most stressful. It's the most hardest thing I've ever done in my life, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You're sitting down, right? Just imagine this: you're sitting down right now, and the two people that hate you the most are sitting out with five other people. What do you think they're talking about? Not not about the CP CP twenty four news. Not about not about the weather because mm-hmm. we can't see the weather. Like so, when you're sitting there, only thing that you can, you know, assume or think about is like, yo, these men are talking about me. Like <laughs> they're definitely scheming. You're changing these people's narrative on me. Right. So how do you change that? But like, if I go talk to them now, yeah, they're gonna say, yeah, yeah, we got you. But like, so they got me. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? So it's. It's so stressful because, like, and if someone guarantees you something, yeah, I got my vote. Mm-hmm. And then the person against pulls them into another room with three other motherfuckers, and then you're like, wait, oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't even eat in peace because now when you just sit down eating with someone, people think you're scheming with them. Mm-hmm. Brother, I'm just trying to eat breakfast, and and they happen to have the bread. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they happen to be at the same time, people are like, oh, yeah, they're scheming now. And they, they designed the matter in a way where when people talk, mm-hmm. echoes. Okay. <laughs> I guess we're here. Brother, holy God. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so when I got evicted, all that stopped. Mm. All wow. that, all that anxious, the nervousness, the I had because in the house you don't have a lot to look forward to. But when I left, I'm like I'm looking forward to like, what does the stage look like? What does outside look like? Am I gonna get Tim Hortons on the way to jury house? Like what's what's the <laughs> yeah? What's going on? You know what I'm trying to say? So it was my gosh, it was crazy. But when it all ended, brother, I I felt amazing. Mm. I felt wow, I did that. I'm never gonna do that again. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know so. Um, but life 
Big Brother uh, decompressing, I owe a lot to my girlfriend. You know, I didn't do well the rap part in Niagara because I felt like in the house, the only thing that mattered to me was my family mm-hmm. and my girl. So when I left, as soon as I left, brother, I packed myself and I cut. I, I picked up my girl. So my girl came to me up and I went straight to my family and spent the whole week with my family. Yeah. Everybody was partying and everything, but to me, like, that was what, that was what was, was most important to me. And being around her and her reminding me that, like, yo, you have my trust 100%. Like, I got your back. Like, you're okay. You can cry. You can do whatever. And I, I kid you not, brother. Everything... It brings me back into the game. You know, I'll see a couple of ropes. I'm like, you know, be out. Uh, what was the other thing? Um, just like just sitting there at a round table with people, and I'm like, yo, like, you know, remember to pick your poison. Like, it just brings back so much memories. So yeah, yeah, a lot of them. But I owe it all to my girlfriend and to my family for like helping me get back to reality. Mm-hmm. You, you. This kind of painted the picture from me asking you the questions about family, love, friends, and then you talking about your life. It all makes sense what you just said there when you came out, man. So, yeah. Okay. So now I want to know, uh, before the podcast ends, I want to know about your personal life now. So you mentioned it in the beginning, uh, yeah. Project Hope Foundation. Um, let me know, Hope Fitness, you started it young. What's going right now after Big Brother? Because you must have inspired so many people. And oh, tell me a little bit about Project Hope Foundation. My camps are sold out for September. Um, I already did like a little bit of like a little uh teaser camp just for fun for free. Mm-hmm. And I had like over like 70 kids coming through. All these parents came to take pictures, all the kids came to come say hi to me and how much they loved watching me and dance. Um so many parents want their kids to just just be a normally be a role model for the kids because like yo this is someone that I want my kids to look up to you know coming from Ghana not having a lot not being able to speak uh, English yeah. and you know so I'm just and then just being a role model like that's what I was going to be just to be like a like a like a beacon of hope that you can be more than you are you know and like with all these kids having such an advantage at such a young age if I came here at a young age I, I didn't have all these advantages you guys should be <laughs> better if right. not you know, or, you know, so mm. that's kind of what I'm striving for right now. Just, you know, being the best I can be, like I said, so I can unconsciously give them permission to do the same. So um, with Hope Fitness, um, I teach about kids basketball, but what I teach is confidence. Mm. You know, when kids have confidence, they put that same confidence in other aspects in their life. If you do something and you get better at it, that's confidence you can use. So when, when you want to go talk to a girl, hey, I'm him. You know what I'm trying to say? I accomplished this. So this is something I can show. That like, yo, if I was able to do that, I can do this. Or if I want to go apply for a job, if I want to make a difference, if I want to start something like a social club, I can take the confidence that I gave from basketball and apply it to other avenues. So what I teach is not basketball. I teach confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so that's what I do with Hope Fitness. And then with Project Hope, I build basketball courses in Africa so that the kids can use that same, that same type of like, um, structure, building confidence in kids. They play basketball. They have a purpose, a sense of need to want to get better at something so that when they get better at it, they take that confidence and apply it to other um, aspects in their life. So Project Hope is just building confidence in kids. And that's all we strive to do. Well, I keep saying we, but that's all I strive to do. So far, I've built eight basketball courts. And with Big Brother, the platform I've gained, I got two more basketball courts I'm going to build this, uh, in the summer. 
And my plan is to shoot a documentary so I can shed more light on it because I don't think a lot of people know that about me. So that's what's going on. And on top of that, I'm a host. Um, I do a lot of Red Bull events. So they give me the mic and I get to wild out. I get to rock out, you know. Yeah. I do a lot of basketball games so I get to introduce the players. And I just to be the MC, just bring the energy, be me, anybody out there like me. Yeah. And that's it. And I do a lot of modeling and acting. So I've been doing a lot of like script reading, a lot of monologues. And now I'm trying to get back in shape so I can get back on my modeling shit. Yeah. Then- <laughs> Wait, I'm glad you brought that up though. Because I swear I seen you in a Raptors jersey, man. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yo, well, well, it, tell the people what happened there. What's that about? Uh, so it's Points Bet Canada. And, you know, they, they were looking for a nice big bicep, you know, guy. So. <laughs> like, hey, no, what's up? Come come home for a picture. What's up? I'm like, hey, you guys going to take me out for dinner first. What's up? <laughs> I didn't even know that was going to be on the billboard. Not going to lie to you. I thought we were going to come through for a couple Instagram ads here and there. And then it was so good that they're like, yo, we're going to use this for the billboard. They called me and I told my mom and dad, were like, wow. Never once did we imagine that we'll move here from Africa, be on Big Brother Canada, be on the billboard, be on CP20, like all these other news stations. Like we never envisioned. I never envisioned any of this for myself. So when I do this type of stuff, I want to shed light on it so that other kids can see like, yo, I'm a nobody. I'm not special. I don't have any special powers. So if I got to do this, you can definitely do it too. (laughs) No, but you do have special power. I'm telling you that inner inner power, man. I'm telling you that aura, you can feel it. That's not Mm. my country. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We come to the point in the interview now. I have two questions. You're going to answer one of them. What do you want? Blue Jays or Raptors? Raptors, come on. Man. <laughs> I knew it. I, knew it. Like, I, I don't think I've even ever watched the Blue Okay, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. What is one of the most memorable moments of your life? In my life or in the Raptors? What do you mean? In your life. I think I think it was the day that I got on a plane to come to Canada because for the longest time I thought everything that I'm experiencing right now was a myth. I only got to see them in movies. I got to see Tom Cruise live it, you know? So I, I thought, you know, snow was a myth. I thought, you know, skyscrapers, towers. So the most memorable moment in my life was my parents, you know, when my dad made enough money to bring our whole family and we jumped on a plane. And I remember entering Canada, seeing the CN Tower and seeing all the buildings. That was, just imagine you're stuck in a cave for 10 years of your life. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in your life, you get pulled out of that cave and you get to see reality for what it really is. So that was probably the most, you know, having a cheeseburger, fries, Shout out to Burger King. That was the first meal I had in Canada. Oh. <laughs> yes. Swiss Chalet for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but just driving and just breathing the air because the air is different. Mm-hmm. Very different. Just how easy things are here. 
like literally you can really become whoever you want to be here if you put in the work in Ghana you have to be either be born into it or you have to know a shit ton of people Mm -hmm. you know that was the most memorable moment in my life coming to Canada and yeah starting this whole new journey thanks for sharing that man opportunities wow okay you know some of the stuff you're saying before I get to the balloon pop for my donation I think this is a good time for me to ask you to share something because I think I started it in season three of my podcast where I started asking people to give someone advice who's on like their the end of the rope and stuff. So I think you're a good person to ask this question, man. So do you have any inspirational words for anyone who's about to give up on their dream? Oh, that's a tough one to be honest with you because, well, it's not a tough one because like, Everybody comes to that conclusion, you know, with a different story, you know, whatever you've been through, especially the people that are around you, you know. But again, if I say anything, people don't know me, or but if they can connect to me and really see the way I am, like I'm a I'm a nobody, you know. I came into Canada, and all I did was just be the best I could be, you know, every day in every little way. I became the best, I just became the best I could be. And every time I had a goal or anything like that, I pushed for it. I gave it my absolute best. And to be honest with you, and if it didn't work out, somehow I gained something from it. I learned a lesson from it. So only thing I can say is every day in every little way, let's get better. And when I first started Hope Fitness, I believe it or not, Nobody came to my camps. So guess what I did? A free camp. I didn't make money off it for about almost two years until I turned 19 years old when I first hosted my actual camp. And I did so much free camps until then. First actual camp. Like, think about it. I did so much free shit. And when I finally turned 19, I hosted my camp and I charged each person $100. I had over 40 kids come through. My parents were so proud of me. And like, because for a long time, they didn't believe in the dream, but it took me 16, 17, 18, 19 to make my first dollar on Hope Fitness. Mm-hmm. Now my camps are sold out at 23. And I'm able to, because of the way that things are structured, I'm able to explore life. I'm able to, you know, look at different avenues, different opportunities and stuff because of how much time it's freed up for me because I put so much time into it. Mm-hmm. So if you are doing anything and you're not seeing a lot from it, that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> you're not supposed to understand what you have until you lose it. Like you're not supposed to, until you don't have it and you haven't gained it yet, you're not supposed to understand it. And in the beginning, I didn't really know what I was building. And now I finally know what I'm building. And that is literally to inspire and to motivate people that whatever you try to do, brother, it can't happen because this world is just, it's just a dream, a manifestation of what you believe in. And if you don't like your dream, guess what you can do, brother? You can change it. You can change it, yes. Even about ball game. Guess what I mean? That's it. So if you don't like your dream, yeah, change your dream. Mm. And, and um, and for anybody that's going to be listening, just follow the four agreements, to be honest with you, you know, be impeccable with your word, you know, just say good things yourself, good affirmations, because, you know, 
we as humans, our words are the most powerful things we have. And believe it or not, you're actually magic. You know, when you say you're gonna do something or you make fun of someone or anything, that that shit is magic. You're casting black magic on someone. So cast white magic, which is the good magic. You're wonderful. You're amazing. You did this, so you can do that. Or I did this, so I can do that. You know what I mean? And two, don't take this personally. You know, everybody in this world is trying to do what's best for them. So if someone doesn't do something for you or doesn't, you know, hit you up or anything, it's not because they don't like you. It's because they're worried about themselves too. So don't take this personally. Yeah. And three, don't make any assumptions. Yeah. Don't, don't think, because our brain is so easily... We can think about the worst thing. Being in the big brother house, and I kid you not, brother. I thought everybody's out to come for me. Like, I'm like, listen, <laughs> but bad assumption I made. I thought, I thought that Ty was trying to gun for me. I thought he was lying to me, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, don't. So, one, be impeccable with your word. Two, don't take things personally. Three, don't make assumptions. Come to a conclusion on your own. And four, no matter what you do, do your best. You those four things together, and brother, you're gonna be free, and you're gonna be able to do whatever the hell you want to do. And if you do your best, and people make fun of you, guess what? You can tell them, yo, I did my best. I didn't hold back. That's why with the buoy challenge, I did my absolute best. So that's why I'm not worried about what anybody says or anything because I gave that shit my absolute best. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. Don't um, be impeccable with your word. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. And no matter what happens. Do your best. And that's the advice I'm offering. And that's it. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, man, this is a sweet podcast. Now, we come to the point now of the interview. I have three blues in my hand. So I donate to a charity after every episode. And the three charities for season seven are Claws, Kawartha Lakes, Animal Wellness Society, the Fundraiser Warriors for Little Boys in Milton, actually. Yeah, Yeah. they raise a lot of money for different charities, especially Sick Kids Hospital and um, Make-A-Wish Foundation. So you tell me which one to pop, the right, the middle, or the left? Wait, so you told me all three of them, right? Well, no, you're going to find out which one it is. You're not going to know, right? So you just select a balloon, and then I'll find out which one I'm donating to. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We can't put projects? I'm joking. All right, let's put... uh... I'm going to go with the, the single one. Yep. All right. Season 7, Episode 4. Star Scorpio will be donating to... Oh, my gosh. Again, I don't know if you're going to see it, but... The Fun Razor Warriors. It kind of makes sense. You're, you're in Milton. Fundraiser Warriors in Milton. Shout out to Milton! Yes. So I'll be donating to them. And then also, I want to donate to Project Hope, right? So you just tell me, do I just get it through a link to Instagram? I'll find it there. Uh, right now, I'm in the process of um, turning it to an actual charity. So I'm with lawyers and everything. That we're going to turn it to an actual charity where, okay. you know, companies can donate. Because I know I learned that, um, again, this has nothing to do with podcasts. But, like, I learned that, like, you know, when people donate, they don't get the receipt back. The receipt tax, yeah. So um, the lawyers and everything, like, this is a, a really big company. They want to donate money to Project Hope. But 
it was not, you know, incorporated or like it wasn't registered as a charity. So right, right. we turned into a charity so that we can really take this to a whole nother level. All right. So you let me know when that happens, because I'm going to be in touch with you through your journey, man, throughout this whole thing, man. That's so before it. before we go, let, let the people know where they can find you. Hey, you guys can find me on Instagram at Hope Fitness with an extra S because some, someone took the actual Hope Fitness. But anyways, so Hope Fitness with an extra S. Um, on Twitter, it's Hope Fitness Next. Um, on TikTok, it's Hope Fitness. <laughs> Hope. <laughs> um, on YouTube, YouTube? Hope Fitness. Mm -hmm. um, and that's about it. Facebook. Hope Fitness. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Hope, I really appreciate you doing this. I mean it from the bottom of my heart, man. Thanks for coming out. My this man. is... Yes, Real Talk with Star Scorpio, and we out.